feel just like a rock star. All my brothers got that gas and they always be smoking like a rock star. Um, you know, our listeners don't know Caleb Motz is back with us, guest hosting. That's what I decided I'm going to call it last oh. week. Oh, it's kind of guest wow. speaker. I struggled. I, <laughs> you know, and that's not the most correct. Guest hosting is, I think, the best right. way to describe what's going on a, here. A guest co-host. A guest co-host. Sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I, are we rolling already? Jeez. Always. Wow, that was like right into it. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> wasting no time. Yes, yeah, so, sure people it's, know it's real. Uh, <laughs> this is this is as real as it gets folks yeah i mean i don't know i uh just want to let the listeners know maddie's still away um caleb's here with us again so we're happy and this week we're gonna do a little bit of a popcorn we're gonna talk some current events and talk about a couple different things and, and how they affect and how they affect our lives and, and sort of the business and, and finance uh angle on all that stuff right so yeah, it should be good. It should be good. I'm looking forward to it. We're getting close to the Christmas season. We are. Um, well, I mean, it is the Christmas season. I should say we're getting close to Christmas. Yeah. All right. Well, well what are we talking about, Caleb? Well, well I think... I'll tell you the format. We each got a couple things we want to talk about. Well, why don't you go first? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, sure. It's right on track, actually, with the gift buying and, and stuff is nice. it's freaking Canada Post. Ah, yes. Oh. Those... Goodness. Not in Canada, who don't know what we're talking about. There's been a strike at Canada Post. Yeah, so they've been on like rotating strikes because, I mean, they do it like all the time, uh, wages or working conditions and stuff. And I mean, okay, sure. Like if they're not paid well, then that's one thing. And working conditions obviously important. Um, but they seem to go on strike a lot. And, and this year, I don't know if they've done it in past years this way, uh, they did it right before the holiday season. So it's created a lot of chaos. I think that was by design. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it puts yeah. a lot of pressure on. So they have like this unprecedented backlog of orders, and it's just crazy. So, uh, like, actually, myself today, I wrote a wrote an angry email <laughs> to a company that I bought some stuff um, from uh, on Black Friday. So we did some online shopping Black Friday. There's there's one company that we wanted to get some stuff from and 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 they they said it in the website like you know orders are going to be delayed um because we expect a high volume of orders so we're going to have them you know the confirmation for your order will be delayed for a few days anyway so long story short two weeks later they finally got the order like confirmed not sent but confirmed and then they told me like today that they sent it out via canada post okay and I was like, I wrote the guy an email. I was like, okay, well, thanks. You know, it took a while, but that's no problem. But like, why Canada Post? <laughs> like, yeah. like, we've seen in the news, like, and, and all of this. And they they put put a big post right on their website. Like, you know, we're dealing with an like a uh, record level of backlog. Like, we're looking into January of the new year to get caught up. And I'm just like, okay, so you've been like, as a company, you're behind on orders. People on social media were like blasting them for like not getting on top of their stuff. And then they go to Canada Post. So <laughs> it's highly likely that I won't see the stuff we ordered for like a month or more. Um, or whatever. I'll, I'll live without it. It's not a big deal. Um, it's just kind of frustrating, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and this whole Canada Post thing, like it brings up the, the, the thought of like, why? Um, <laughs> it it kind of seems weird to have uh, have a government service in charge of our mail. of mail and deliveries, especially in today's world. Like maybe it made sense years ago, mm-hmm. uh, but but like it doesn't seem to make sense. I, I really feel that like a a private company would do a much better job 
of this sort of thing, right? Yeah, if they've got, if, right. if their if their share price or their customer, like their 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 rating or their their rep in the industry is on the line, you know, they're obviously going to be more motivated to to have better customer service and better delivery times and. And, and you know you, you see that like UPS and FedEx and and different companies like I've never had an issue with them they're rock solid you know F- FedEx especially and I don't the know man. probably aren't union they're not I I, well actually I don't know that either but you know they're not at least to the point that Canada Post is anyway no this whole thing just kind of made me thinking like ha- have it has me thinking like maybe it's time to. Uh, to say goodbye to Canada Post, I don't know. Oh, I mean, that's that's pretty wild. I wonder too if maybe <laughs> you could sell it to one of the big guys, FedEx, UPS, or maybe they would just go private on their own. Right. Um, but it's one of those things too where it's kind of like I, I kind of, I don't know. I'm with you. It's super annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there was a big election issue here in Canada. We still had uh, mail carriers. So right. someone who walks all the way to your house with your mail and puts it in your mailbox when it was determined quite a number of years ago that it's way more efficient to just have a mailbox in the center of a community and then that mail van just drops it all off. Everybody has a mail key. Right. Way better. Yeah. They were fighting hard for those mail carriers. And I'm sorry if you're a mail carrier, but that is a make work project. That is not <laughs> that is not, like it's just like ah, nowhere else yeah. would we be fighting to to keep a job that everybody knows is inefficient and a waste of money. Yeah, I'm sorry if you're that person or if you know that person, but it's like that is a, a make work job. That it's a you know let's move a rock from one side of the yard and then and then move it back to the other side so you can so you can continue to get paid. Yeah, it's a great and so, yeah, that's a great way to put it exactly. <laughs> and it's like kind of a classic example of governments like. You know, governments and large entities tend to waste money in places like that, and yeah. you know, it's just it's a it's an area of uh, of waste, and and any private company, you know, that that's out for profit and out for, um, you know, good rep in the industry, um, won't put up with stuff like that. You know, it, it's going to be more efficient. It's going to be more uh, uh, customer centric, um, just by default. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think that. Uh, who knows what will happen? And I, I, I imagine Canada Post serves it. The, the privatization of it is very oh, No, of course. But it just kind of had me thinking, like, you know what? I think this would be better in private hands. Yeah. I think yeah. it's one of those things, though, too, where you have to think about unprofitable routes. So we're very rural, very remote yeah. areas. Um, and it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, is, is access to mail a right? In a way, I think it should be. Um, and then is uh, reasonable, reasonably af- priced access to mail, I think. And so then uh, you have a private company who is then regulated heavily by the government on what they can charge for, right. for less profitable routes. You know, right. Which is well, tough, and like but. maybe Canada Post, I guess the post. The more I'm thinking about, it, like postal service. It's good for like letters and mail and stuff. Like I'm thinking mostly about packages and like and o- online orders. Like <laughs> yeah, like getting right. getting stuff from like like a you know stuff from a letter from the government or you know there's obviously a function for a national mail service. That, I don't know. Maybe there isn't. Who knows? I haven't looked too much into it. I just know that it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> it is frustrating. You know, yeah. I mean, I work at a, a bank, financial institution, a credit union. Yeah, and I know that was the big thing is that well, people oftentimes receive a lot of their benefits, particularly the older people, CPG mm-hmm. or their pensions, their old age income, via check from the government. Now they're 
very aggressively trying to migrate these people to direct deposit because there's no yes. reason to go to a bank for a check, but they're not there yet. Right. People don't like that. And so that's one of those things too that's tough because it's like these people need this money to live. Right. Um, but they really shouldn't be receiving that money via mail. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's a good point. I guess the more things go digital and online, the less, it would be less that we need the mail. You know what important. I was just thinking too? Yeah. What really should happen is every person that becomes a citizen of Canada should just get a an at Canada email address. <laughs> That's just how you receive communications from it's mostly gonna be the Canadian Revenue Agency. It's just Tarek yeah. Williams at Canada.ca. <laughs> Congratulations. Here's your citizenship, your passport, and your email address. <laughs> you have you have, you have five gigs of cloud storage free. Yeah. And, uh... We no, laugh that's... now, but that's gonna be happening in some oh, yeah. smaller no, jurisdiction soon. I love it. That's yeah, that's, that's great. great. I'd be I'd be all over it. Cool. Yeah. So, um, what I want to talk to you about, I'll go sure. next. Um, and I I think you'll really like this. Uh, oh. You know, if the listeners from the last episode will know, Caleb loves his old fashions. I too love whiskey. Um, in fact, I'm gonna pour myself a glass right now. All right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I purposely did this because I really think it makes a cool noise when you pour. <laughs> you know, it kind of sounds pretty neat. So just hang on, hang on. Okay. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. So I'm drinking a Macallan 12-year, um, a Scotch whiskey. I want to ask you, what do you think a Macallan 1926? So what is that? 92 year what do you figure that goes for what do you think it goes for jeez sale price on a mccallan 1926 okay the most expensive bottle i've ever seen in person was in the vancouver airport okay and it was eighteen thousand dollars holy smokes eighteen thousand dollars well i'll be honest with you the mccallan 1926 Went for 1.2 million pounds on November 29th. So that's that's close to 2 million Canadian dollars. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it's quite a bit more money than this Macallan 12 year I bought from Costco last week. <laughs> oh, geez, that's insane. Yeah, it's wild. So what, what people are much. doing though, this is a, you know, it's, it's funny because um, this is an article from an insurance company. Okay. So what they're what the insurance company does is they insure they call them alternative assets. So and they can keep track. They know all the numbers of what people are investing in. That is, isn't it? It's vintage cars. It's vintage watches. It's vintage wines and it's vintage whiskeys. And they're saying the whiskey is becoming a really big market now, where lots of people coming up are being like, I'm gonna invest in whiskey. Huh? Yeah. No way. There was a 60 year old, McCullen. That went in the same auction. Okay. So that puts it quite a bit younger than the one that went for 1.2 million pounds. It went for um, one million dollars, and so that's you know like one and a half, 1.3 million Canadian dollars. Oh right. man! So that's 60 year old, same McAllen McAllen bottle. Yikes! So um, it's funny because while it's cool to kind of collect these old things and just sort of say, hey, look how rich I am, I bought whatever. Yeah. It's actually a solid investment. 
So rare whiskey has appreciated like 140% in the last five years. <laughs> in the last five years, 140%. That's, that's, like a, that's an awesome investment. Big tech company numbers. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, it's so, yeah, it's wild. Um, so, you know, and the insurance companies are having to keep track of all this stuff so they can insure it because people have these in their collection and they're not really for drinking. They're mostly for, yeah. you know, um, and, and it's funny because, you know, we're millennials, Caleb. And what a lot of it they say is, is wealthy parents and grandparents passing away, okay. passing on that wealth, either through vintage assets or through cash. Mm. And then people our age or a little bit older are saying, you know what? I don't want the vintage, you know, car that you had, dad. I want a vintage whiskey collection. And they sort of sell their, <laughs> their car and they invest in something else that they're <laughs> interested in. And then we're seeing that sort of represented where, oh, interesting. you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of cool where it's like Gen X and millennials are, are sort of shifting what's cool. Yeah. Invest in vintage wise to their interests. That makes know? a lot of, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Cause like the, what we're after is like our, our priorities, I guess, generationally differ, you know, like so that makes, that makes some sense. That's that's still that's just crazy to think about that a bottle of alcohol can can appreciate like that much and it can be that much like worth that much. Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a list right now. I just as we were talking, um, just googled it quick. I wanted to see if I could find the bottle, but of course the price is going to vary. Um, but I have a list here of the top twenty five most expensive. And it, it's they're considered um, like the ones that are more readily available. So they're not like super rare, mm -hmm. um, but ones that you can find in some places. And the the list ranges from eighteen thousand dollars up to one hundred and ten thousand dollars. This is for bottles of alcohol. Yeah, for for scotch, okay. um, particularly. So McAllen makes the list a number of times. Um, so they must, you know, obviously they have a, a really awesome track record. Yeah, so. Um, the one that I, I want to say the one I saw was a McAllen, but it was just crazy. Like they had it in a glass case, like all lit up by itself and like a beautiful wood box. And like, I couldn't believe that it was actually like, wow, this is there. This is literally $18,000. <laughs> I remember like going into the trackside liquor store here in town and and like looking at the top shelf scotches and thinking, wow, like four hundred bucks. That's a that's a lot yeah, of money. You guys must be crazy if you think I'm spending that much money on a whiskey, right? Yeah. Right, and then like you see stuff like this, it's like, wow, that's like that's nothing. <laughs> totally, but yeah. I totally get it too. Like if I was wealthy, 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 I would totally be like, you know what? I'm gonna diversify my portfolio and buy some kick-ass whiskey. <laughs> yeah. And then I would also be like, hey. If I'm closing a deal, like me and you, we're working on a deal. It's going to be this huge multi-million dollar deal. Yeah. Maybe I buy an $18,000 bottle of scotch and we can celebrate the closing of that deal together because that would be just so cool. Right. You know what I mean? I could totally see it. That would be something I would do if I was if I was rich enough. Yeah. <laughs> I would oh, yeah. Like, yeah. This is what I want to do with my money instead of whatever my yep. dad or granddad did with his money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, no, I think one thing, too, that we, we have a hard time getting our heads around is like just how much money like really wealthy people have and like 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 if you look at the like the i forget the way that all worked there was a a thing that i read about how like bill gates like the equivalent to us finding twenty dollars in our pocket and being kind of stoked you know like when you find a, an old like twenty dollar oh, bill in a ski jacket and a ski jacket it's like oh yeah sweet 20 bucks like 
I, I, I this won't be the exact number, but like the equivalent would be for Bill Gates or someone like as rich as him would be finding uh, it, it was in the hundreds of thousands. Wow, that's what to you just have like to, find. <laughs> to just like find <laughs> to just like find that and be like stoked like like on the level that we'd be stoked to find the twenty. So. You know, like we're doing okay. Like you know, we're we're, we're solid, like middle class. I imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're not complaining. But then, like, there's tiers above that that are just so, like, to to a lot of people or to people in those circles, eighteen thousand dollars for a bottle of scotch would be like me going out and buying a, a fifty or sixty dollar bottle of uh, uh, of whatever. Outrageous! Could you imagine? Just- Hey, right? somebody's coming over. I'm gonna go drop 18 grand on some alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh goodness. Uh, so, I don't know why this reminds. This is a little sidebar. I don't know why this reminded me of this, but uh, you know that James Corden carpool karaoke. Yep, yep. Yeah. So he did. He did one with the the Migos. Um, I don't know. If, you know the Migos, right? right? Like three three piece uh, three piece uh, trap group. Um, anyway, so they. It was crazy. They had a duffel bag with them. That had over two hundred thousand dollars worth of cash. Oh my gosh! <laughs> in, just carrying that in the car <laughs> in the duffel bag. So, so like, j- j- like James was counting this money, like stacks and stacks and stacks of money in the car. That's so weird. That's so. Weird. And, and it's just like in a duffel bag, oh my and like, gosh. and then like he pulled out his wallet, and he's like, "Oh, I have like twelve dollars," you know, like it. It's just insane. So, like, I had this like epiphany. I was like, "Wow, these rap guys, the stuff they rap about is real. Yeah, like <laughs> they're not making stuff up. They're not like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. It's just like, yeah, sometimes the lyrics are kind of you think, ah, oh, these are shallow, but it's like, no, this is the stuff they care about. They this are being life. completely honest <laughs> with yeah. what they value. <laughs> yeah. And again, like, I don't know the exact, I forget the exact numbers, but they were saying like they were at a club the night before and they were just dropping, they dropped like twenty grand. Ugh. like it like it was nothing you know like it's just so yeah stuff like that like you know it sounds crazy at face value but when you think about it like you just take yourself up a few levels and like think about it from a different perspective it, it, it it's all relative you know yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah you know it's funny because this article rounds out it says you know vintage cars are still a thing vintage watches are still a thing what they've noticed though with vintage cars is that now it's not like so like they're seeing a lot of 1980s vintage cars, which is, <laughs> you know, not that long ago. And, and, and you know, we're seeing the fact that uh, imports started to really make an impact in the 70s, 80s, and oh. 90s. So we're seeing vintage Datsuns and Nissans until yours, where you that generally, it was all vintage. Well, we're talking a North American market, but still, it was generally vintage American or British cars. And now right. it's just a, a smattering of them. Because, you know what, I'll be honest, I don't have... Like, you know, I don't have that connect to the muscle car. I do have, like, if I had the money, I would totally get a vintage, like, tuner, Nissan, Datsun car, and it would be it would be fun. You know what I mean? And it's, like, just yeah. represents the difference, the changing in the generations and the changing of what was cool when we were kids, right? So Yeah, absolutely. That's because of, like, Fast and Furious and stuff, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so we got some goals there, you know, some, some – uh, Hashtag goals. <laughs> yeah, gotta cool. make uh, gotta make some uh, to coat Cardi B here. Gotta make some money moves. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's probably the most millennial thing we've ever said on our podcast. <laughs> probably. Yeah, Gen Z actually. Gen Z. What's no, next Gen- one? Gen Y? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> what else you got? What's your next topic? Uh, it's time for some pot talk. Oh, okay. Woo. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So pot talk. <laughs> Man, so I I just been realizing um, today I I read an article that came in on my LinkedIn feed, um, and then I also like looked into it a bit further and didn't realize just how crazy of a player Aurora Cannabis is. So for those of you that don't know who aren't in our area, Aurora Cannabis is coming to Medicine Hat. They're currently here. They're building right now uh, yep. on the north side, and and this project is huge. And I didn't quite realize until today. Just how big it is. Like Aurora isn't just like some flash in the pan player. Um, this is a, a big deal, and, and <laughs> Aurora is—they're—they're they're a, they're a behemoth in the industry. Um, and, and I didn't realize this, but like over the past few months, they've been making acquisitions all over the world. Um, oh, wow. So they—they they just recently they closed a big deal um, where they they acquired a Mexican distribution company, uh, one of the first ones in Mexico, actually. To be legal or like kind of above board. Oh, interesting. And, so and is pot so legal like, in Mexico? I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look into that. Okay. But I, I just looked into the acquisition itself, and and they're going to be um, basically like just because of this one acquisition, they're going to be supplying eighteen thousand dispensaries and over five hundred hospitals and clinics, um, and, and that that that's a big deal. But I was like, oh wow, that's huge. But then like I, I looked a bit deeper, and. They, they've made acquisitions like this all over the world. So they have South American acquisitions they've made. Um, they've made European acquisitions. Um, and they're just like global stuff. They have the record right now for the highest um, corporate uh, transaction in this sector. They, uh, they acquired rival producer Medleaf. Um, this was back in July okay. um, for over $2.5 Oh, my gosh. Um, so basically Aurora, they have been like basically setting themselves up to be one of the main players on the global stage and one of the main providers. And, and that, that to me was kind of crazy because like, yeah, you hear about that stuff all the time and they you are know, big global players and the Titans in the industries, right. but, but that's like coming to our home city, Tarek. Like that's, that's yeah. like, right, that's like right here. That's what's it, cool about it. You know, the, it's like the, a local company in a way. Yeah. Yeah. They're a Canadian company. Um, their headquarters is in Edmonton, Alberta. I didn't know it was a Western. I thought its headquarters would have been in Toronto. Its headquarters is in Alberta, I, Edmonton? I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, awesome. I, hold on. I might have to leave a little deeper. They are a Canadian company, for sure. Um, but then, wait, hold on. Maybe they have, maybe the headquarters, they're in Edmonton for sure. Yeah, they have a big facility just south of Edmonton in Leduc, close to the airport. Yeah. And I think their biggest facility it's going to be here at Medicine Hat unless yeah. they decide to build a bigger one. And I think they have another one going out in Lethbridge too, mm -hmm. which is just a few hours east of us or sorry, west of us here in Medicine Hat. So, Right. Yeah, their largest facility will be here in, in our city. And for those of you that, that don't know where I'm from here, like there's going to be over 500 jobs brought to the city. And, and some of those are pretty high level jobs. Um, and a lot of the, their work they do, because they are on a global scale now, um, it's not just growing. You know, they're going to be doing, um, what, what I'm just reading here, like tissue culture, like um, archiving strains. They're going to be doing genetic testing on the strains. They're going to be doing um, wow. different, like oil reductions. So like we're, we're talking like high-level chemistry, high-level biology, high-level, um, you know, high-level jobs. So that that's a that's a big boost um, to to our local economy, and it's just huge. Like th this stuff's gonna take off like like crazy. 
Yeah, you know, and that's the thing that's great about it is that as the first country, mm-hmm. we're a small country, very sparsely populated, but we're the first country to have it legal. Um, I really feel like it's giving us an opportunity. A lot of other countries are watching, a lot of other jurisdictions are watching, and it's giving our companies the opportunity to really position themselves Oh yeah, to take advantage as other jurisdictions decide to make it legal. I mean, it's legal yeah. in, in some states, um, and those states may have more people than Canada, to be honest. Um, yeah. But just the fact that it's legal across this entire country gives, I think, Canadian companies a chance to really develop infrastructure and develop mm-hmm. of the Canadian market and then be ready to jump into other markets as they become available. Exactly. And, and like, if you look at companies like Aurora, because they're, because Canada's become a great area for them to do this. Um, they got such they got a really big head start on a lot of other um, a lot of other area or a lot of other countries, a lot of other um, governments. So you know like they're acquiring some of the biggest players in the industry right now. Um, they're arguably the biggest player in the industry and and that, you know that that's gonna take a while to catch up with <laughs> or at least at least to rival. So yeah. it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. I mean, especially it is. because of the local connection. Now I kind of feel like, I mean, I don't know. They're not really here yet, but <laughs> right, they're right. going to be the biggest employer in our city. Like they're going to, yep. you know, they're going to be our biggest single employer. And so most people, not most people, but a lot of people are going to be working there. And so you'll, everybody <laughs> will know someone who works at Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. very true. So I guess the uh, the memes or the going jokes around the city with uh, Medicine Hat becoming the grass city yeah. instead of the gas city uh, might ring true. They will. Um, <laughs> so what's interesting, though, is, is the whole angle of this, though, with like the the quote unquote like morality of it or like the, the uproar that some people, some groups have, or, right. you know, like, Oh, it's, it was like, you know, society's going to hell. We're legalizing drugs. Like there's a lot of pushback on it too, at the same time. And, and I find that very interesting. So one thing that like, I want to pose like, as a question to you or as our, to the listeners is since legalization, if you're in Canada listening to this right now, since legalization, have you really noticed a difference in, right. In everyday life, like have you, Tarek? Has it has it affected your life at all? Not even a little bit. I mean, in, in my line of work, um, I'm a commercial banker. We've seen now we have we're leasing to tenants or leasing to landlord or we're lending to landlords who have tenants that are maybe marijuana retailers. Right. Maybe we've got some marijuana retailers who would like some financing. Right. Other than that, though, in terms of my day to day life. Yeah. Not really. Not really. You know, it's funny. I was having a okay. an organized crime. Yeah. Um, I said, hey, what's your thought? And I think cops are pretty conservative. They think it's a bad idea. And he was like, I didn't think it was a great idea. And <laughs> I said, well, is it, have you had a lot more work? Is it tougher for your, you or any of the other pieces? He's like, oh, no, like it's been completely fine. It has not been an issue. And he was good enough to admit that he was very concerned about it, thought it was a bad idea, but right. it has not been a huge issue for them no it it just hasn't been and i don't think it will be because my argument from the beginning whenever someone was like super opposed to it is like look legality doesn't matter in this situation because everyone who wants to smoke pot is smoking pot (laughs) like like, whether it's legal or not i I could have picked out 15 people in every college class that i was in that smoke pot regularly totally like recreationally yeah yeah, years before it was legal. And like we, you know, growing up, our parents all have stories. I'm sure our parents 
smoked it themselves and wouldn't tell us. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like it's been around and it's been such a part of um, a part of life that, like, sure, some people have gotten in trouble for it, and and sure, it's led to some arrests. It, it has, you know, been a, a big driver of underground crime. Um, but it's been around. It, like I think the people that are, have wanted to smoke it already did, and there might be a few people introduced to it. You know, like a small percentage of people that are trying it now just because it is legal, and the fear of getting arrested or in trouble is gone. Yep. But I, but I think on the whole, it's hardly moved the needle. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just going to open up. Instead, it's going to be a positive. I feel in that it's going to open up more industry, open up more opportunities, open up more research, so we can learn more about it. Like there's been clear health benefits to some people with yep. some ailments, and we'll finally get to learn more about that without all the stigma. Um, you know, I think I don't see any bad in it. That's for sure. I don't want to turn this into like a uh, you know a debate. Uh, go, pod, <laughs> or, go, 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 go. <laughs> because I understand there's maybe a bit of nuance to it, and some people are quite opposed. Uh, but my question is, is like. Really, what's changed? And it's nothing. Like, if you're concerned about kids smoking pot now, they were already smoking pot. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't change a single thing. If anything, I think it makes it a bit better. You know, like, you're getting – actually, there's a good example. is like, not far from here. Just down the street, there's a super sketchy house. And, like, we know drugs are being sold out of that house. Like, people come and go all the time. <laughs> and, like, it's so oh, sketchy. Goodness. The people that live there, like, kind of weird me out. Like, they're, they're – it's just a sketchy place. And, like – would you rather, if you want to get pot, get it from that guy or to walk downtown to a nice, clean, reputable business, be educated about the product, see where it was grown, see where it came from, have a good buying experience and go enjoy it? Or would you rather be down some back alley you know, with, with who knows who um, you know, trying, trying to get it? Uh, yeah, I think exactly. the answer is a clear, well, let's set up a shop and make it a real thing. <laughs> anyway, we can talk about this one for a it's while. True. I just thought it's, I found it really interesting just like to start getting my head around how big of a deal Aurora is and, and just how, how massive that is both globally and, you know, in, in the global market and, and just for us locally, it, it's a really cool um, thing to start looking into. It is. Uh, you know, um, you know, a lot of jurisdictions, a lot of people listening to this podcast may not know what it's like to have legalized pot. I know it's only been a couple months for us, but the jobs in that sector are good jobs too. They pay better. Yeah. Just imagine, they're drug dealers, but legal. This is <laughs> there's a lot of money in there, and it's like, okay, great. These weed jobs, you know, you get a job at a weed retailer, you're playing, you're getting paid way better than at a regular retailer. If you get a job at a yeah. weed green greenhouse, you're getting paid better than at a, a regular. They're just good high-paying jobs and so yeah. that's what's great too for being pragmatic okay okay enough about the weed i guess um <laughs> now i don't know how many you, you got another thing to talk about i got a couple things to talk about so we'll just uh, hammer through this we'll go okay around. yeah you next and i think that kind of taps out what i had sort of semi-prepared quote awesome. unquote but yeah go for it what's your next thing cool so i was going to kind of talk about um well, specifically, this this particular article is about GoPro, um, oh. the popular camera manufacturer, but it's really about a bigger issue altogether. Some people may know that um, you know China and the U.S. are in a trade war. So oh, yes. The U.S. is raising tariffs against China, saying, hey, if you're going to sell stuff in here, in the United States, you've got to pay more taxes on how it, how it goes. But then the issue is there's a lot of American companies who have their stuff manufactured in China, and sent back to the United States yeah. for sale. 
Thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Um, Just kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> Ironically, I'm pretty sure Make America Great hats are mostly made in China. Make <laughs> they America are. Great Again hats are mostly made in China. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, GoPro is a company, and one of the, you know, it's a, it's a company most people recognize that has decided to divest or start to really ramp down or close production of its components or cameras out of China because they, the tariffs don't look like they're going away. Uh, <laughs> if you've been following the news in Canada, we just arrested the CFO for Huawei in Vancouver because the yeah. United States told us to. <laughs> and they're pissed. They're real pissed about it. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, I don't know when this is going to go away, if it's going to go away at all. And so GoPro's like, you know what? The United States is a big market for us. If there's tariffs, we've got to move. So yep. we're seeing a shift now for a good production facility. Now we're moving. They're, they're looking at Vietnam. They're looking at yeah. Indonesia. Yeah. They're looking at, you know, stuff right in that area, but not China because that's yeah. the, the country that has a problem with the United States, right? So, totally. you know, it's not going to be maybe a huge move of manufacturing back to the United States, but we're going to see some other small countries really benefit from yep. this because GoPro's like, well, I mean, what can we do? Sure, if we're going to sell to, like the stuff maybe coming to Canada, going to Europe, going to South Manufacturing those places don't have a problem with China, but if we're going to get access to the biggest economy in the world, which is the United States, we need to not manufacture in China anymore. And so it's it's hmm. going to be interesting if the, if this issue keeps continuing that we'll see it'll yeah. be a benefit for some other countries in that region, and it will really hurt the the, the Chinese manufacturing sector. So it, it will, yeah. That's that's something to watch out for on a number of of industries. You know, like uh, GoPro is a prime example, and I, I I remember seeing some of that stuff too. Um, but it's like the, the the tariffs and stuff. Like I, I don't think a lot of people have you definitely don't see it on the news. Like if you read some financial reports and whatnot, or like economists talking about it, the, the tariffs and the like trade war stuff. Like that's a big deal. Like it it affects a lot of industries mm-hmm. and and touches a lot of things and. And I think the U.S. is actually in quite a bit of trouble in a lot of areas because of it. You know, like, um, I think there was a temporary hope amongst some that, like, Trump's lower taxes were a good idea. Um, But all that's done is increase national debt. And and then like you then you introduce all the tariffs and the uh, the trade war stuff and it's put a huge damper on a lot of industry and a lot of production. So, you know, it, it's sure. Let's say that he you know he, he Trump is trying to get jobs back on American soil, but the guy's pretty tone deaf when it comes to things like America first. Not understanding that we live in a global world, right? It's right. a global economy. We live we live be, globalization is a real thing and. And you can't be America first in today's economy. And, you know, like it's just not going to work. So I think that's that's becoming loud and clear in, in the, some of the blowback to the, these tariffs and, and the trade war. And like, you know, th- there's a lot of companies we can go into that have uh, that have felt the effects of that. You know, GoPro being one of them for sure. Um, the, the farming implements, you know, manufacturing parts like GM has had a big problem with that. They've had to close a number of plants um, in the Rust Belt um, because of tariffs and because of all of that. You know, it's just become a really big problem. Coca-Cola is having some issues because the aluminum tariffs, um, you know, with their production. It, it's a big issue for sure. Yeah, no, and it's, it's interesting. You wonder how long, you know, it's almost like a game of chicken. Like who's going to sort of give 
give first because ultimately I don't know if these tariffs really who the, who they really benefit. I mean, I don't know. I I gotta be honest though. I have visited. I haven't visited China. I have transited through China and I did not like it. I have visited <laughs> Vietnam and I really really enjoyed it. So I was yeah? like, hey, that's all right by me. <laughs> Good for Vietnam. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know that's not a fair shake in China. I don't really know much about right. what it's like on the ground, yeah. but I I okay, do yeah. think. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, who knows what this world is gonna look like? You know, this is a, uh, yeah. a post Donald Trump, uh, a post Donald Trump world that we have to live in, and it's gonna shake out in a way that we don't really understand. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff's up in the air. It's, that's for sure. Totally. Well, I think that's it, buddy. Yeah, that feels good to we me. Knocked, we knocked those <laughs> topics out of the park. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's kind of fun just to like lightly touch on a few of those topics. Yeah, this um, is the current events. This is what's really going on in the world right now yeah it is it, this should be like a regular segment like the the quick quick lightning round yeah kind of thing. i like it i mean quickly get some current events out there get some comments um yeah. quick stock we, we will do a quick stock oh, talk uh markets are just taking a beating lately i don't know if you've not <laughs> noticed but <laughs> i have it yes. has been rough it looks like all these uh fancy guys in new york will not get a good christmas which is <laughs> well, it is what it is. But. Yeah, things aren't things aren't looking good in a number of, of of areas. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. We got a guy at the office who who talks about that stuff all the time. Already. Yeah. Wow. He's always he's always shaking his head. He's you know, oh Trudeau, oh Trump, what are these guys doing? <laughs> he's shaking his head. Just... Uh, it's always good to have a guy like that in the office. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost every morning he comes around. You can hear him talking to different people about it. So, did you see the news? <laughs> <laughs> He's always top the news, eh? Yeah, oh, it's pretty goodness, good. Goodness. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that's all you have to say for stock talk is things are down. Things are down. It, it's yeah, it's being drugged down too by technology companies, which is something to to mention because generally speaking, technology yep. companies I feel like garner a much like they, they do really well. They make up a large part of the market now, but they take all the news. <laughs> Nobody really talks about other companies anymore. Uh, right. You know, it's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's like, you know, when tech companies are doing poorly, everyone's like, oh, shoot, what's going on here? Facebook's not doing well. Apple's not doing good. Amazon's down. Netflix, Google. Yeah. They're all down. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of the, you know, it's flashy, right? It, it, it touches all of our lives in different sure. ways. That's true. And to be we fair, all, they are all... some of the biggest companies in the world right now, but. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. massive. Yeah, cool, man. Right now, like you know, what? if we press stop right now, we could record next week's too. I'm just thinking of so many different things right now. Let's <laughs> let's do like six more, six more lightning round topics. I this love the quick. lightning round topic. It's quick. It's <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, listeners, we appreciate you listening. Um, thank you, Caleb, for guest hosting. Hey, leave yeah, us man. a review. Let us know what you think. Hey, if there's something you want us to talk about, hit us up. All the uh, yeah. contact info is in the episode description. Right. And, and in the in, in the comments too, Tarek, let's try this out. If you guys are following on Facebook or on Instagram or wherever else, um, you know, let, let us know. Has has marijuana legalization impacted you at all? Have you noticed a change? Uh, has Canada Post disruptions? Has that altered your life or your holiday plans? Um, if anything that we've talked about is interesting to you, let's talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's affected my wife in a way. She ordered something. The uh, website is unclear as to whether or not they delivered it. 
and the Canada Post Office is unclear as to whether or not they have it. Nice. <laughs> Classic. So, yeah, we're in a little bit of a quandary with them right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Anyway, that's, uh, that's a wrap. All right, catch you guys later. I've been, I've been, I've been popping, popping, man, I feel just like a rock star. All my brothers got that gas and they always be smoking like a rock star.